He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Great show on tap for you today. Got Art Proctor coming up after the break. He was one of the five inductees to the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame last night. Class of 2021 included Danny and David Edwards, Floyd Farley, Art Proctor, and Scott Verplank. We'll get to that after the break. Tiger's posting videos. Rory's going full Hulk, Hulk mode. We've got a lot to get into, but none of that is the lead story on a Monday. TG! Let's go! TG, 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 TG! 405 represent! We did it, boys! We did it! All of us! Just let it roll. We are the champions. No time for <laughs> of the RSM Classic. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know if y'all heard. Taylor Gooch won on the PGA Tour yesterday. I don't know if you heard. Wait, who won? In dominant fashion. Taylor Gooch. That's T-A-L-O-R. Get Taylor it right, Gooch. Golf Central. Sick bookend 64s for Taylor Gooch. By the way, he sandwiched in a little 65-67 on Friday, Saturday. Wins going away. No drama in his first PGA Tour victory. Plays smart all day. Big par saves. No bogeys on Sunday. No bogeys his last 25 or 26 holes. Mackenzie Hughes shoots 63 on Thursday, 62 on Sunday. That's not enough, Mackenzie Hughes. Congrats on silver. Taylor Gooch, a champion on the PGA Tour. I wonder if he's already got lodging and flights booked to Augusta, to Kapalua. It's just everything that comes along with it. So, so happy for how high, how high today? How high or who is number one on the FedEx Cup points list right now? I know the answer. TG. TG. Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch is the 71st player since the inception of the FedEx Cup to lead the FedEx Cup standings. Wow. 71st player since its inception, which was what, 15 years ago? 2007, I think, was first year. Okay, so yes. this will be the 15th season, mm-hmm. I believe, then, of the FedEx Cup. Unbelievable. Unbelievable from Taylor Gooch. So, let's dive right into it. Taylor Gooch was just hibachi with that putter. The oh. new putter. Oh, is I mean, it a new putter? New putty put it in the bag this week. Beautiful. It's never coming out. Absolutely not. I think we found a new Scotty. Like... I like the Tiger elder wand. Yeah, it's the magic wand. The elder wand. <laughs> I tell you what. Whenever I was watching yesterday, it reminded me of him. And I talked about this in one of the times that we had TG on. I played with him at John Conrad. He shot a bogey free sixty four, and he just made it look so easy. Just made everything. Just put it in the fairway. Put it on the green. Yep. I thought I was watching a replay of that from twelve years ago yesterday. I mean, that's what he did. He had a ten yard, fifteen yard draw out there every time, right in the middle of the fairway. Hit how many ever consecutive greens to start the round, and then, like you said, Sam was making putts on top of it. Got a couple under early. Obviously, made a good putt on eighteen to even just keep going bogey free. Because even if he wins by two strokes, 
he's still and misses that. It's still a lot more yep. confidence for him to be able to say, "Hey, I went sixty four bogey free in the final round. You know, come suck it and come chase me." And they weren't <laughs> able to do it. So I love it. It was one of the one of my favorite tournaments to watch, especially for an event that actually wasn't that close, just because TG made it look so easy. Unbelievable performance. I mean, he was driving the ball beautifully, was hitting the nice little draws with his irons. 12 greens. fairways yesterday. Unbelievable. And yep. then down the stretch when he had to put it in the fairway, all he had to do was put it in the fairway and he wins the golf tournament. Hit that nice little stinger on 18. It just hit that shot so many times and it was just beautiful golf to watch and he didn't even take the chance when he hit it in the sandy lie you know behind the tree and that, I, thought, I was just fixing to say that was on 16 and that's when you kind of knew okay he's in complete control there's no way this goes wrong he, he didn't like he it he looked like he'd been there a million times well and, and he pitched out sideways because you know you, you kind of play it safe next shot dead aim four feet par i, I mean he, believe, he was dialed in i couldn't believe when the the announcers were kind of you know, bashing him for punching out there. It, they were basically saying, oh, yeah, he could have put it up there somewhere around the green. Well, I mean, he's hitting his wedges better than he's ever hit him in his life. Just put it to 100 yards. You're going to put it to five feet and make the putt. He put it to four and a half feet and made the putt. Well, it looked like to me there was a tree in his way. So it was like he, exactly. he was on a bare lie. You got to try to hit a high sand wedge or a high pitching wedge, whatever. Well, that doesn't seem very smart when there's especially a bunker in front of the, the pin that's short side. So you can either exactly. Two things are going to happen. You're going to hit the tree. It's going to come straight down. You're going to make a double or triple. That's what you want to do when you're leading by three or four shots. He was shots. leading by four at the time. Yeah. What are you going to do? Put it in the front bunker, plug it, then you're making double. Yeah. You're going to hit it to the back of the green. Okay, you have just as much he chance. Probably get up and decision. down. And, you know, honestly, I'll give TG credit, but I want to give uh, Mal Baker credit, too. I think he did a very good job on that back nine, especially with keeping TG focused. I, I think it was 14th hole, I believe, where TG walked out. He had the driver. And he hadn't hit very many drivers that I'd seen all day. And the, everyone on the announcer was like, oh, you got to hit driver here. It's such a long hole, blah, blah, blah. Well, he doesn't. He hands it back to Mally, gets a three-wood, puts it out there in the middle of the fairway, misses the green, but makes a solid par. And I think that that was an area where if he would have tried to have been stubborn and say, okay, well, I need to hit driver here just to, you know, just to hit it, he might have hit it left in, in the junk or hit it way right or whatever. But he took his medicine, hit a three-wood out there, and put it in great position. I thought that it was not only great playing performance, but also just a great course management performance performance from TG and also Mal as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking for weeks. I mean, whenever we talked to TG, what, a month ago or so, mm -hmm. we talked about how important that top 50 is. Because that top 50, you can set your schedule. You can go to the Masters. You can do all these things. We're waiting. When's he going to crack top 50? When's he going to crack top 50? He soared past the top 50. TG has never been ranked in the 40s in his career. <laughs> he soared right past the 40s, to hell with the 40s. He is the 33rd ranked player in the world, one spot ahead of one of his best friends on tour, Max Homa, who's at 34. So that'll be some nice little bragging rights for TG leapfrogging him in the world rankings. And his first win comes after him playing great golf, which means he doesn't just hop into the top 50, like you said. He goes to 33rd. That's his livelihood on tour. I mean, now... It's all gravy from here, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And I loved what Taylor Gooch had to say uh, this past week, saying, I want to be the best player to ever come out of Oklahoma State. And that's that's a heavy statement to say, especially in this state. And I think he has a chance to do it. He was the 25th Cowboy, I believe, to win on tour. 
If I, if I have that right, I think I saw it yesterday. 25th Oklahoma State Cowboy to win on tour. Um, and, and he did it really in dominating fashion. Bogey-free Sunday, 64. It was so, so beyond impressive. And when you look at where he was in his career, and he talked about this whenever they interviewed him on the PGA Tour, he's talked about this with us. In 2016, Q School. I mean, it was the third time he's tried to get through Q School, and he, and he missed it just narrowly a couple of times. And he's got to get through on the last day. Or, guys, he was going to have to get a job. His golf career was going to be very much hanging in the balance as he was going to have to get a job just to make some money to pay for the next year. He was out of money. And it's like he talked about all week, that's the pressure. The pressure is whenever you're playing golf, and if you play good golf, you're a professional, and if you don't, you're working at Best Buy. That's the pressure. Yesterday, I mean, that was the difference in some money and some status, but... You know, that's not the same as if I don't play well today, I'm going to have to go get a 9-to-5. Doesn't doesn't TG winning make horseless comments last week look even more stupid? Than 100%. 100%. How much stupider does he look? TG was a one round away from not being on the tour. Now he's winning two he won 1.3 last yeah. yesterday. Two years ago, he was in like the 250 range on yeah. tour. I mean, he was just... He was trying. Two and a half years ago, maybe. I mean, he he was he just gotten onto the tour. He was working to keep his tour card and to do some things. And it takes a while. It's like we were talking about with, with Creel and Gellerman. You first get out there. You're playing courses that 80% of the field have already played five times. They already know it. They know where to miss. They know how firm the back of some of these greens are. You're out there for the first try, time trying to figure it out. It takes most guys a while. And TG is just such a good story because most guys have to grind. You know, so and some guys grinded out as long as TG did and never win on the PGA Tour. That was his, was that his 104th or 105th start on the PGA Tour. It was either 104 or 105, sure. and it was his first win. A lot, of, a lot of guys grinded out that long and still don't ever win. It is hard, hard, hard to win on the PGA Tour, and it took him until a week after his 30th birthday to get that first trophy, and I just, he was so calm, cool, collected on all the interviews and everything yesterday. I know whenever they left the course and, and him and his wife and his beautiful daughter, uh, just a, a wonderful family, got back to the hotel room. I know that it hit him. Like, I, I just won on the PGA Tour. I'm going to Kapalua. I'm going to Augusta. I'm, I'm playing in everything. The WGCs, all the majors. I'm fully exempt through the 23-24 season. Like, you know at some point last night that all hit him, and I cannot imagine just the, the overwhelming emotions that came with all that. Just couldn't be happier. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Now, that's all the serious stuff, and I'm sure we'll ask him tomorrow if we have him on. We're trying to, you know, make sure the schedules fit, but I, I think there's a good chance we have him on the show tomorrow. He's got to had to have popped the mega champagne bottle. Oh, the nine liter. The nine liter. Okay, well, here's the thing though. There's no way that he just like travels with the nine liter. <laughs> that's true. So he's gonna have to get home and pop the nine liter. Also, his he birthday did. was last week. Did he already have his party, or is he having his party? Because at some point, the the nine liters is turning into zero liters. If he had it last week, maybe the nine liters was the reason he won. Maybe. Could have been. I bet his life has just been a whirlwind ever since he tapped in on 18. A hundred percent. I cannot imagine the number of messages that he had, the number of tweets that he had, uh, the, the amount of people just wanting to congratulate him and reach out because there are so many people who are so happy for him. And we've talked about this before. The Oklahoma golf community has a very, it, it feels like a family. It really does. When, when you're part of the Oklahoma golf community, it's kind of, 
you know, big community, but it's like a small town. Everybody knows everybody, and you just want to see everybody succeed. It was cool to see Taylor Moore up there in the top ten this week. It looked Absolutely. for a, it looked for a second on Saturday like those two could be in the final group, yep. which would have been unbelievable. It's just you you want to see everybody have success. It feels like a, a golf family here in Oklahoma. I can't imagine the the outpouring of love and support and it's not that he just, received yesterday. It's not just the fans or us, you know, rooting for him. You know, he he makes us feel a part of that family too. Even though he's, you know, one of the best players on tour right now, but just like last night, sent him a text, sent a text back that night, and he he, said, he was talking to me. He said, "You know, let me get my bearings straight. <laughs> this is unbelievable, and and I just can't wait uh, to see what he does in the future. I mean, I couldn't be happier for him. And you know, I think we may have called it. Has the baby wins that perspective." Perspective intensifies. I love it. And I don't know if you heard it as much as I did last night, Sam, but every person at the Hall of Fame meeting was talking about TG. Every, every single person. Everyone. It was like and it was a getting, who's who Scott Verplank was getting inducted and TG was the main topic of the conversation. It, it, it's absolutely true. And it was a who's who of, you know, golf legends in Oklahoma from Mike McGraw to Scott Verplank to Bob Tway to Willie Wood to the Edwards brothers to Art Proctor, who's on our show today. I mean, it was a who's who. And the main topic, like you said, was Taylor Gooch, and what are the odds of Taylor Gooch winning on tour the same night or the same day as the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, purely beautiful. Yeah, that's the only way to describe it. And here, and here's something else I'll add to it because we we talked forever, like you mentioned, Colby, about being in the top fifty. Well, you know, the thing about the top fifty is it's not secure, right? Because it's always fluctuating. Mm-hmm. So you get someone who's like one spot ahead of TG, Will Zalatoris, obviously a great player. But he doesn't have a win on his resume. Yeah. You know what happens in a few months if Zalatoris plays bad golf? Not in the top 50. Might not get in some events. TG won a tour event. He's, like you said, exempt for 2023 to 2024. Yeah. So that does a couple of things. One, it takes the pressure off of him to stay inside the top 50 because it's not necessarily his only way to get in tournaments now. He can play in any PGA Tour event he wants besides the World Golf Championship. Oh, and the World Golf Championship and the majors he can play this year because he won an event, but the year after yes. that, he would be in the top 50 to do so or win again, which he definitely easily could. And so it takes the pressure off of him. And also, too, it takes the pressure off, let's just say he goes through a, a slump at some point like every golfer does. Well, he has time to work it out and grind through it as opposed to trying to find an instant fix to try to keep your card, which is what a lot of players have to do. So I think there's so many different avenues that this opens, that winning opens up for players that you don't even really think about <laughs> until it's there. That's on tour and status-wise. Winning on tour, I wonder how much it's actually worth in endorsements. I mean, right, because – and this isn't just like some fluke guy who's ranked 412th in the world and had a hot week with the putter and won. Right. I mean, he's already on with Callaway and with Titleist and, and with all these other companies and stuff, and they're all tweeting out yesterday, making sure that, that their brands are out there, and they should. They but, should. These, these are companies that believed in TG, uh, you know, from the start. It's, it's worth some that, dollars. I think that he's, at least around here, locally in Oklahoma, becoming a household name. Yeah. Speaking of believing TG, who has him in our purse draft again? I forget. Uh, I don't even know. We actually lost. I, I think I got him 30th. Was that we right? Lost. He's leading the pool. <laughs> we lost the Gosh, paper. dang. I, the steal of the draft. We're going to have to redraft because we, we lost record I love record how Taylor says, like, like, brags about that. He picked him with his last right. pick. You picked nine guys before you picked TG? Listen to the people you picked before. You picked Kevin Na before TG. Colby. No, I didn't a, pick yes, Kevin did. Na before TG. List, uh, list some of the guys that were picked before TG. Okay, I actually have to find the paper. 
It's not. It's not any of these papers. On we'll find the paper at some point. I, if if we can't find the paper, I've got a picture of it somewhere. But while we're talking about the RSM, is it just an Oklahoma fest? Because we've seen Robert Streb win there twice, right? And then this year we had not only Taylor Moore finish in the top ten, we had Max McGreevy play well, and we had Josh Creel make the cut, which was a big made cut before the reshuffle. Kevin Tway was up there the first couple of days as well. Yep, exactly, and and so I I thought that. It was interesting to see how many of the Oklahoma guys played really, really good golf this week. Yeah, and I think part of what's making it so special with TG is, you know, he's he's from Oklahoma originally, so he's born and raised in Oklahoma, and he's just never left. Swing coach, Oklahoma, local guy, Steve Ball, swing yep. coach, his whole life. Um, Carl Albert, Midwest City is where he's from. Goes to Oklahoma State to play his college golf. Never leaves. Still lives in the state of Oklahoma. John he's Conrad. Just, I mean, how about John that? John Conrad. I mean, a kid from yes. John Conrad who used to go out there on that little chipping green in between the two hole, in between eighteen and what is it? I, I think eleven. It was, I think it was. Yeah, it's yeah. behind eleven over there, and he used to hit balls over there for hours upon hours upon hours, and people would say he's going to be on the PGA Tour someday. But there's just those people. We're just a little bit off. There, there's he something, won on the PGA Tour. Hey, how about the guy that stole his clubs when he was like 12 years old? He's probably, <laughs> feeling, he's feeling, he's probably feeling pretty happy now. <laughs> right, yeah. put, those, put those suckers on eBay. Yeah. Verified Taylor Gooch Taylor clubs. Taylor Gooch's stolen clubs from I stole these 15 from him years ago. 20 years ago. That's so great. But I just... I think there's something more special about it because he's Oklahoma through and through. Like, to the bone, he is Oklahoma. And that just makes it feel a little more special to everybody around here. And to this podcast, I mean, Sam, even before you joined us, uh, Taylor Gooch was the first big big guest that that Taylor Williams and I got on whenever we started this podcast. And now he's been on with us, I don't know, four or five times. Mm -hmm. And I told you all this, the last time we called him, we called him and we were like, hey, man, we'll just talk for 15 minutes or so and we'll, we'll let you go. He's like, oh, no, I've got like an hour. Let's just go. And yeah. I've, I did radio for five years. I've, I've been podcasting for two years. I think it's the first time I've ever had a guest just offer up more of their time after you told them, you know, we're just we're 10, 15 minutes. Everybody is just like, all right, yep, sounds good. And he just, he offers up more of his time. Uh, I mean, that day we, we interviewed him in person, what, four or five hours we hung out that day. It's just He's just a good dude, and you see him up there with his wife and the baby. Gosh, that's a cute little baby. It is, and (laughs) it's just so funny to me. He's 33rd in the world in the game of golf, and he's just one of the most normal human beings you'll ever meet. Yeah. Yep, just a normal guy. Yeah, like you said, Colby, I mean, we owe him a big thank you because he really got, you know, the 73rd hole rolling and helped us with that, and so, you know, huge thank you to him, and we couldn't be happier i mean i i I hope we have made i mean we're obviously fans for life but i hope at least the 73rd hole has made fans for life of taylor not just as a golfer but as a person yeah and we we talk about this about how the world rankings are kind of skewed and all that so we we like to go off the data golf rankings they're a little better tg 18th top 20 golfer that's wild he's ahead of the likes of abraham answer paul casey Corey connor sergio kokrak hideki who has a green jacket finau harry english terrell hatton just a list of hey and by the way you know on sunday of the guys chasing him there wasn't a single name on that leaderboard that i thought was a better player than taylor gooch Uh, yeah and even the guys in the final group they didn't play Horrible by any no. stretch of the imagination. He just out, went out there and outplayed them. Sebastian Muno shot five under yesterday. I know, and, and he had guys like Mackenzie Hughes going out there and you know shooting zero, and he still beat yeah. him. Sixty-two for Mackenzie. I mean, the guys chasing him: Mackenzie Hughes, Sebastian Munoz, Tom Hoagie, Tyler McCumber, 
same as Power, Cam Smith. I mean, there's there's a guy, Cam Smith yep. and TG. But honestly, those guys are pretty comparable players. I wouldn't put Cam Smith ahead of TG. I think they're very comparable. Very comparable. I think they're very yeah. comparable. Uh, I think he's very com- comparable with Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. Now, that's at this point in Webb's career. Right. Webb obviously has those high-level accomplishments. And has the major, U.S. Open Players yep. Championship. So, Webb obviously has the career Correct. resume. But over the last year... I mean, Taylor Gooch has undoubtedly played better golf over the last year than Webb Simpson. Yeah. Webb did not have a great year. Uh, he was actually my pick to win the tournament, finished his T8th. But, I mean, other than that, some, some guy, Keith Mitchell, Justin Rose, uh, Zach Johnson was on 59 watch for about a half hour on Thursday. I mean, there were some some decent players in this field. Uh, Scotty and TG, Scheffler, yeah, I mean. And TG runs away with it. So, yeah. couldn't be happier. I mean, just... Just unbelievable. I'm speechless. I mean, we talk about it, and we obviously we've talked about it with him before, but now it's here. Now I want to ask y'all the question: What's next in y'all's mind? Tour championship. I'll ask, we'll ask him tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but what's next? What should be the next goal for TG? I was gonna be sarcastic. I was gonna say tournament of champions. Next time he tees it up, go out and beat all the champions. <laughs> um, Which he. You Very see, well could. You're saying make the tour championship. Yes, be top, top, be top 30 at the end of the year. Yes, I think yeah. that's... I, I mean, be I, obviously you want the goal of to win a major championship, but, you know, that's... You only play four years, kind of hard to come by, you know? Uh, so, also, but, also, you take steps. There's a progression, right? Right. I mean, TG had to take steps to get to this point, and that's one thing I want to ask him about. I think a good goal for him would be to at least just be in the mix on Sunday for a major. Right. One, one thing I want to ask him about if we're able to get him on tomorrow is, you know... From the outside, people look at a T3 where maybe you make a couple bogeys on the back nine or something like that, or the T4 and 5 he had earlier this season, and people look at that as failures because you don't hoist the trophy, but that's not... I mean, all players don't talk about it like that. They're like, you know, you, you, you learn from these things. They're building blocks, and I would imagine that those were all building blocks for TG to get to the point where he got this week with the RSM, and I think winning the RSM... That's a building block toward getting him competitive in bigger events, in WGCs, which he'll now be in, in majors, which he'll now be locked into for a year. Tour championship, like you said, Taylor. This is this is the progression toward that. I don't think we've talked enough about the magnitude of being able to pick your schedule. Yeah, I mean, that is such a big thing. Even before you came on, Sam, I, I, I asked him, because him and Kelsey Klein always play in the pro scratch out at National. Mm-hmm. And TG even made the comment, said, hopefully at one point, one point in my career, I can be able to pick my schedule so we can always play that tournament. I think you can now pick your schedule, TG. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they don't schedule the, uh, the mem- pro scratch on the same weekend as like a major or WGC. They won't. They'll schedule they it around. Yeah. No, they'll schedule it around all that stuff. Couldn't be happier for Taylor Gooch. We'll talk some more about that. A lot to get into today. You know what you need to get into? Ring Family Dentistry. They will take care of you the way TG took care of that field this week at the RSM Classic. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. They've got the leading-edge technology. They've been delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear aligner, orthodontics, they do it all. All decisions are made by the patient. Doctors Philip and Brendan Ring have a simple philosophy. Work with what they have, say what they can't, and say what they can and replace what they can't. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. All right, we could sit here and dote on TG for hours. Uh, hopefully we're going to be able to get together with him tomorrow, and it's just, by the way, great timing. Last tournament of the year to do it. <laughs> now you get to go into the holidays just riding on a, a mega high. <laughs> on the whole, the whole off season, which is not very long, yeah, but at the, least the, 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 off- fi- the five weeks off that he'll have. He's number one. 
for those weeks. Yes. Could you imagine being five weeks off if he blew a lead like that? Like oh. he had. Like that is like the worst. Hey, I mean, and and that's another thing I wanted to bring up was we talked about when he didn't win last week and the week before. I mean, he's had numerous opportunities to win lately, but specifically when he played with Hovland. Specifically, yes, and. We were talking about, is it a negative or a positive? And I said, the more times he puts himself up there and feels those feels of being under the gun, especially in the hands, and especially just being able to make the right decisions. And we saw him grow yesterday on Sunday and just get the job done in dominant fashion. I mean, pass the test with flying colors. Well, and sometimes, you know, if you get into pressure situations, you can fold like a cheap lawn chair and never get back up. You may fold one time, but then you're going to come back even better than ever, and that's what TJ TG did this week. Yep. Speaking of folding up like a lawn chair, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast saw what Tiger Woods' car looked like 272 days ago today. So yesterday was 271 days. 271 days from when we saw the pictures of that car at the bottom of that canyon. Tiger Woods posts a video that shakes the golf world to its core. Three seconds, one swing, it was pure. Everything about it was so, so perfect. Number one, Tiger won the pip yesterday. It's over $8 million to Tiger. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Bay Hill, boys. I've said it all along. <laughs> Bay Hill Lodge and Country hey, Club. We talked about this exact topic last week when the picture came out of Tiger walking. And I said, I don't think Tiger Woods will ever win again. Well, poop on me because I was completely wrong. I'm back on your side, Colby. He's going to win again. And it might be sooner than we think because I was stunned when I saw this video. I woke up. <laughs> What was it on Saturday morning, right? At Sunday. Sun- no, it was yesterday. Yeah. Sunday morning. Yesterday morning I, it's yeah. been a long Sunday, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of stuff going on. But unbelievable. I was shocked. I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I have so many takes on this. But here, I want to do, uh, since we'll do our strength of field game, but we'll do it with how many views has the Tiger video got now on Twitter? Just Twitter. Right now? Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, I looked so, yesterday it's, afternoon, it's and it been, was like 9 million. It is that might be overall. That's not that high just on Twitter. Okay, overall is what I saw then. So this is just twelve hours or twenty four hours on one social media platform. Just on his Twitter. It, just on his over, Twitter. Is it over a million? Oh yeah. Oh, hit. Just, it was over a million in an hour. <laughs> I bet just on his Twitter's probably six million. Six point nine million. Hey, let's go. That's nice. just on his Twitter. Do never. Nice. If another person ever says another golfer's like Tiger Woods again, I will slap them in their face so he, hard. It's unbelievable. He there is, is ne- the needle. There yeah. will never be another golfer who gets a million views on a swing in 24 hours. <laughs> he got this seven much. on his own page. I'll tell you this much. Just from that one swing we saw yesterday, I think that there should be a trophy and 500 FedEx Cup points awarded. I yep. think Tiger should be awarded 500 FedEx Cup points. What's Tiger ranked in the world right seconds. now? That's a great question. It is not good. Hashtag how high? Can y'all guess? I have no idea. Have you seen it, Taylor? It, it's in it's the. It's got to be like is 200. Is it uh, in I mean, he ain't played in a minute. All right, official guesses. Throw in your official I'm guesses. I'm going 320. Okay. I'm going 769. Uh, Tiger Woods is the 431st ranked player in the world. Hashtag how high? How high was he at his peak? 
Number one, you nailed it. Number one. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like, what was his lowest? Like when he was like real bad and injured because he was way down. Oh, he, he was, was in like, like the twenty three hundreds or at some point whenever he didn't play for a couple yeah. of years, he lost all his world ranking points. Okay, yeah, so he don't play. Four hundred thirty first right now. Okay, so I want to get into the actual swing mechanics that I'm seeing here because I do see some different things. But what I club pl- do you think this is? Nine iron. Uh, I, th- I think somebody said it was a seven iron. Seven iron. Okay, so so here here's one thing that I took consideration of. You see his divot pattern, right? Yes. So he's obviously hitting multiple balls. This isn't his only swing, right? So he's break it down, break it down, Tito. Let's go. Multiple swings with irons. Look back here where the launch monitor is. Look at those field divots. Well, you think those are Charlies? I don't think so. (laughs) Those are tigers. Okay, now here we go. Now we're gonna look at the swing. Okay, it's just on loop here. This might be why it's got seven million views because I've watched it a hundred times. Here we go. By the way, speaking of the uh, the trackman, what's it called? The full swing, yeah, like uh, launch monitor, yeah. How much do you think they paid? Because I heard that Tiger doesn't use that launch monitor. He uses a different uh, one. I wonder how many people have bought one of those in the last 24 hours. Uh, that's a great question. Probably, however many views there are, probably half. Half those I people I wonder how much one. they paid Tiger. All right, continue. So, you know, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so here's what I'm seeing, right? Okay, look at the backswing. Here's, here's two really good things. You look at the lower body. One is that the right knee is able to still stay bent when he makes his turn back. You see that? Yep, yep. It's not straightening, so that means he has enough strength in his leg to be able to hold that there. It's good. And I looked at some videos from the 2019 Masters in this swing. You notice notice the left knee coming out more like that? Watch it. Watch his hips. Turn yep. back more. Yep. Yep. They're turning back more than they did before. So what that means is that he's going to have to be able to get those hips back to square faster, which may be a concern, but I think that whenever you also look at the takeaway, because you look at the takeaway here, his hands pretty much move at the same rate his hips do. You see it? See, the hips almost start the downswing. Do you remember Do you remember when they were saying, doctors were saying that they shouldn't operate on this, that they should just amputate his yes. leg? Yes. And now, not even a year later. Guys, nine months. I mean, two, two, 270 days is roughly nine months. Nine months? He's hitting seven irons with a launch monitor. We've got a whole divot track here. We've got 80 more balls in the bucket. I mean, he's out here grinding over a range session, and just, he won't do this, but I saw something the other day. There, there's a, uh, it's at like Nostarafu or something on Twitter, tracks all the world ranking points in the game of golf. Mm-hmm. Said if Tiger were to show up at the Hero World Challenge, tee off with that same seven iron on the first hole and then withdraw, he'd move up like 80 places in the world, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That is so awesome. Three points. And so I keep looking at everything here, and this is also probably the biggest thing I take about. When you watch the downswing, and we talk about that right leg staying bent, he's able to apply pressure into the ground. You see that? Yes. You know, see, yes. Well, so it's almost like it re-bends again, which is something like Rory does in a lot of the big hitters. To be able to do that after less than a year from that – and can we talk it, about it how the even back like is okay? Problem. The back have... is okay, too. Yes, everything's okay. It it doesn't look like there are any problems, and now we have a new tiger. We have leg sleeve tiger. I am, I am shocked. That's why I tweeted, and I'd never cuss on Twitter, and I said, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, my God, I can't believe it. I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable to me. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's He's Tiger, man. It's Number one, it's a testament to what you can do medically and physically and with rehab and everything whenever you just have unlimited money because unlimited money allows you to have follow-ups and to have physical therapists at your house for 20 hours a day and do all these things. But, I mean, even beside that, the amount of work that Tiger's had to put in to be in this position nine months after a car wreck that we can confidently say he's incredibly lucky to have even survived it Guys, he's going to be playing on the PGA Tour again next year. You think? Yes. 
Yes. He's still got a lot of work to do. He does still have a lot of work to do, but you're telling me five months from now? I know. That guy's know. not ready to I play 72 believe, holes of I golf? I can't believe it. Okay, here's the only thing um, that I would worry about a little bit. Once he start, because one of the great things about Tiger's last comeback, the greatest comeback in the history of sports, was the fact that he was still able to hit it just as far or even farther than some of the best players in the world. Yeah. Will he be able to put enough pressure, because this is a very easy swing, you know, with this seven iron. Will he progress enough to be able to put enough pressure from the right foot, from the right leg, through the swing, to be able to hit it as far as he was before? I think this is... In theory, I would hope that it would make him smooth his swing out and hit it straighter with a driver. But I've said this for a lot of his career. I think he should have played without a driver for a long time because if he hits the fairways, he's the best player in the world. He did win a major without a driver. No six. Yes, he did. And And, and one of the biggest things about Tiger really since his comeback has been the putter. Obviously, he made – I mean, we talked about He didn't putt that good when he won at Augusta. To be fair, you were talking about old Tiger. When when he made the comeback, he was driving the ball great. He He was driving the ball better. Than he was great for in, Tiger. Yes, and and his ball speeds were mid one seventies, I think, which is, I mean, solid. You remember when the Hero World Challenge, came, the Hero yes. World Challenge, when he was hitting it uh, ball speed over one eighty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing: if he gets back to full health, I, I don't see why we couldn't see mid one seventies ball speeds again. I, maybe I don't know. I, I can't you, believe this. I'm telling you, I can't you, believe it. I'm telling you. He's capable of it. It's Tiger Woods. He's, he's not, not a human being. He's not like the rest of us. Uh, so I got a question. Okay, so obviously we see, because the videos that we've seen of Tiger have been a little bit from the past, or from the past, I mean, like standing further away, or he's wearing a bigger, bulkier shirt. This, he looks more ripped than he did when he got hurt. How do you not get <laughs> fat when you don't have a leg? He's been, I promise he's been working out six hours a day. I when, promise. The, the day he got in that wreck, the first thing on his mind was, I'm going to win again. He's I mean, built it's just, different. I, I just keep watching it. It's so pure. I, how many times have y'all watched it? Too many. I mean, I actually tweeted out yesterday a quote from Dana. 200 just now. I, tw- I tweeted out a quote from Dana yesterday. Dana, we're sitting there watching football, and she hears it because I showed it to her, and you can just hear that perfect flush sound at contact. And so the football had me down. Uh, bad fantasy football day for me. We don't need to get into that too and much. Who, Cowboys, who are you playing this week? Colby, it's not relevant, Who are you playing? It's hey, how relevant. about them Cowboys? Not relevant. None of it's relevant. The, 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 let me get to the relevant part of the story, <laughs> which is that I needed to cheer myself up, so I pulled the Tiger video back up, and Dana hears the clicking. She's sitting on the couch. I'm in the recliner. She hears that <laughs> clicking of impact. And she says, will you stop watching that? You're so weird. Because I'd already watched <laughs> no, it No, no. She's weird times. for not she's watching She's weird. It. She only watched it like twice. And it's a three-second video. That's, That's weird. weird. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> yes. She's weird. Hey, I'm real, not weird. Real quick, Colby. Just, I mentioned the Cowboys. I think the Eagles are peaking at the right time, and the Cowboys are descending at the wrong the time. The idea that the Eagles are in the same league as the Cowboys is so beyond laughable. Okay. All right. So beyond accident, laughable. Accident waiting to happen. I'm Tyron Smith you. out. Amari Cooper out. Randy Gregory out. Demarcus Lawrence out. CD only plays a half. Dallas is fine. Dallas is fine. Okay. Okay, Kobe, I got to ask you. Hit me. Are you – because before I thought you were just saying it to be a homer. Yes. Are, are you legit sticking with Bay Hills when he come back? Bay Hill. Yes. That's that's too soon to me. It took him nine months to get from the wreckage to here. You're telling me in four months he can't get from hitting full speed seven irons to walking 72 holes? I don't know. And it, he might be able to play. 
I don't. I'm not think saying he's going to win at Bay Hill. No, I know. I know you're not. But Bay what Hill I'm is March third. Do you think he's really going to come back at Bay Hill, one of the hardest courses? Um, I don't, see, I don't see why not. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have to come back at a birdie fest. Better than coming back next week at the players. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. not TVC Sawgrass in well, the best yeah. course. I don't know. It might be. I, see, here's my it thing. It might be now. Okay, so Bay Hill. Bay Hill's five weeks before Augusta, right? I think that that would be a perfect little test for him. I think it'd be perfect to go out and test his tournament body, his tournament game, see how he feels, see how his game feels, all those things, and then he can decide, am I ready to really get after this and play 10 events this year, or do I need to dial this back and take another couple of months? I think it'd be a good test for him, and if his body holds up well and everything's good, what's to say he doesn't play once more between then and the Masters to try to get ready for the Masters? I'm not saying that that happens, but I'm saying Bay Hill's a perfect spot five weeks before the Masters for him to come out and just test everything. I think it would be a long shot to him for him to even play in the Masters coming up. Because, I mean, we heard the report saying that he just got the go-ahead to start hitting balls again. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's still... he, that means he has a lot of work to do on the, you know, driver and who knows, you know, how much he's been chipping and putting. I would assume quite a bit, but how does it affect his back? I know one thing. My first child, our daughter, is due the Saturday of Masters weekend. If I could welcome my firstborn to the world and watch Tiger Woods at Augusta National at the same time, oh, man. I thought she was going to be born on May 30th. (sighs) Yeah. May 30th? Yeah. Seven weeks late? You mean March 30th? March 30th. What did I say? May 30th? You said May 30th. March 30th. May 30th. That'd be a big baby. Be a big baby on uh, on May thirtieth. No, <laughs> might as well I, just hold it off. I, I, I still, just keep I, it in, and it's fine. I still hope she comes early. I still hope she comes early so that I can just watch the Masters at home on no sleep. I won't need any sleep anyway. I'll be up early watching the Masters. I'll be on Masters.com at seven o'clock in the morning. I don't need sleep. Okay, yep. so I'm trying to prognosticate a little bit on when he actually could come back. All right, so. There's no way he comes back before Bay. Okay, I mean, be, be, uh, before you go through the tournaments, let's prognosticate how long it would take him to get in tournament shape based on what we're seeing. Because the thing with Tiger is, is that it's almost not even necessarily his. It's what course they're playing at, right? Because you know, if he goes to a course that he really likes and knows well, aka Augusta or Bay Hill, like you mentioned, I I think he has a better chance than because. For me, I think Tiger, if he gets at his tournament game, he needs to be able to win at courses where he hasn't played that well at, like a Riviera. Well, we or something know one like thing that. about Tiger: he's not going to play unless he thinks he can win. He, he's going to come back. Here, here's why I think Bay Hill. I think two things need to happen for him to to have that be his comeback course. Number one, it needs to be somewhere he's comfortable, somewhere he can comfortably show up. And number two, I think that he will want to play somewhere where it's warm. Because that will help his body I not have to. I, like, I don't think he's going to come back at Tory and go out there when it's 48 he, degrees well, when they tee off. He in the learned morning. his lesson the hard way. Remember, last time he came back, you know, and had the not only the chipping yips, but he finished like DFL and Jack's tournament, remember? And, and oh, he, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and he, but he came back too early. I think he's learned his lesson from that, and he's not going to rush this. Because, like we saw with Phil, and Phil had a great uh, post yesterday yeah, on did. Twitter saying, uh, you know, basically let, let, me said, read, let me read it. He basically said, Tiger wants every record I've had. I'm yeah. sure he wants to be the oldest to win a major. As I'm hanging in Montana, it's great to see Tiger swinging a golf club again. I know he can't stand me holding a single record, so I'm guessing he wants to be the oldest ever to win a major. I'll, I'll just say this. Bring it. Also, I, I mean, love... Oh, that gave I, me chills. Love, read, read like the first five words of that tweet again. I love the humble brag at the beginning. <laughs> as I'm hanging in Montana. As I'm hanging in Montana. 
Oh, okay, Phil. Yeah. As I'm hanging in Montana in November, where I'm sure it's beautiful on your thousand acres of land that you have up but there. It might be cold up there. But TW, I mean, you're the technical guy. How long would it take Tiger from what you've seen to at least, you know, say he starts hitting drivers in two months? How long would it take him to be in tournament shape to where he feels comfortable? So, just off that analysis, if he starts hitting drivers in two months, that's at the end of January. And that's being safe. I think he might already be hitting drivers. It could be. So, if, if it's just based off of that, then you go into, okay, well, he probably needs to walk nine holes at least, and then how long will it take him to do that? Then how long will it take to walk 18 holes? And, and then how— in the back, people don't forget about the back because he's not going to be able to practice his short game as much, so it's going to take longer for him to get back in tournament shape. It might actually be better for his short game having this injury because he's had to work on his um, left foot being so strong. So now he can just lean into it instead of being all off balance and off kilter. So that might actually help him. But if I'm going off of just technical standpoint, I don't think that he can play before the Masters. I think if he does play the Masters, it'll be his first event back. And I think that he will probably be, like you said, Sam, probably grinding out a little too hard. I I will say this. Originally, my prognostication was next year's Hero World Challenge. He's definitely playing before that. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's another calendar year. I mean, so, and I'm looking at it here. All right, if we had to bet on it, PJ at Southern's May 19th. Let's put a pizza that? on it. Yes. Whoever's closest. Yes. All right, let's put a pizza on it. So, we're putting on when he, when he comes back. Yes. Yep, whoever's closest. I'm going Bay Hill. That's, I, I really think he's coming back at Bay Hill. I think he comes back. He's not normal. Keep that in mind. He's not a normal person. I think he tries to play sometime before write these the down. British Open, which would be what tournaments are around right before the British Open? Not anything good. Oh, what? Is that like Valero part of the schedule That's or something? Scottish Open and the Barbasol are the week before. Then you got the John Deere Travelers for that. He's, yeah, not, he's, play, he's not playing, he's he's not not playing play, any of those. He's not playing an event between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, more than likely. What, what's right before the U.S. Open? Uh, RBC Canada and Memorial. Memorial is going to be my pick, but I think I'm going to go even a little later than that. Well, is it your pick or not? You, you were up to pick. Go ahead. <laughs> I will go. You can pick whatever you want. Tyler said he's going a little later than that. You want to go Memorial? Then I'll have Arnie and you'll have Jack? No, I want to go later. You want to go later? Man. Y'all are here doubting the cat. I'm going to go... Y'all are putting the cat on a regular human being timeline. I've got him on a cat timeline. Jungle cat. I'm trying not to let my homerism get in the way, Colby. I'm doing the opposite. Doing okay, the which is why opposite. I think you're wrong. All right, give me a memorial. <laughs> memorial? All right, memorial. And what, what are the dates of memorial, Taylor? Do you have in front of you? I uh, do. June 2nd through the 5th. Okay, so March 3rd is Bay Hill. June 2nd is... Uh, is Memorial. All right, what do you that's think, That's seven months. That's a long time. Yep. What do you I think, No, that's, man, I'm so in between here. Because the problem is that the time frame that I think he'll come back, there's not really anything really to play. You know what the reality is? We're all just throwing darts at a wall and seeing, I know, seeing I who it. gets closest to the target. <laughs> this like, is we have no idea. hard. Because we saw a three-second video. We have no idea how healthy Tiger is. For all we know, Tiger played all, that, all 18 that day. For all we know, he hit 10 balls that day and went home. Give me the Open Championship. Ooh. St. Andrews. Ooh, and across comes the back pond. At, comes back at the home of golf. Wow. I like it. I like it a I lot. Hope I, I hope I'm damn wrong. But and what's the date on that? Late July? Uh, July 4th. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yep, July 14th. July 14th. Okay. So we've got March 3rd. That seems aggressive. June 2nd and July 14th. So you, we all think he plays a major this year then? Yes. 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 I would be astonished if he didn't play one. 
I agree. The, the only way I don't think he does is if he tries to do, like, come back at Bay Hill and then hurt himself again. Yeah, right. or depending, he might come back and play terrible, and then we might not see him, and it's some phantom injury, and then he comes back at the Hero World Challenge <laughs> and wins, and then it's all gravy from there. Uh, barring a setback, I would be utterly astonished after that video if he doesn't play at least at St. Andrews. Guys, I just, I had, like, a, a frail little bit of hope. I have a little bit more hope now that we see Tiger Woods in Tulsa. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe we do, maybe, maybe we don't. That's what I'm hoping. I but mean, there's a chance, Obviously, guys. way more hope than we had last week. I mean, there's a chance, guys. December, January, February, April, March. March, April, <laughs> May. What's our deal with March Wait, today? How many months are there again? Yeah, why do we hate March? <laughs> six months. We got six months between now and, and Southern. If he, I mean, if he recovers as much time. as he had nine months or ten months, how many ever long it's been now? It's been nine months. 270 days. That's a long time. as long time. as it takes to have a kid. Yep. Dude, oh my God, if Tiger comes to Southern Hills. Oh it's my just, God. What if he returns at Southern? Boy, that'd be a brutal walk. I would probably get arrested for indecent that would exposure. Be, <laughs> that would be a brutal walk. I mean, if he returns at Southern. Oh that man. is like the like he third to last place. He won should. there. And it's a place everyone, that you don't have to bomb it. Everyone said he couldn't win there, too. And he yeah. did. I'll, I'll be. They've lengthened the course, obviously. But I still don't look at it as a bomber's paradise. No, it's not. Because there's so many. You can't overpower I've, I've it. You can't overpower it. It sets up perfect for a guy like Morikawa or Taylor Gooch. Speaking type of Colin Morikawa, my man, DP World Tour Championship on what is soon to be the DP World Tour. Colin Morikawa, Sunday 66. I think it already is the DP World Tour. I thought it kicked in in January. I think it does. I think it kicks well, in in January. Was, there was the sign on the back when he won. Well, oh, this on is the grandstand. So, so this this tournament has been the DP World Tour tournament for a while. Oh, okay. It's, it's was, the DP World Tour Championship, oh. but it's, it still has the European Tour logo. Here, next okay. To it. You made a good point there because you said it starts in January. I want to ask this before we get on to the next topic. Because, you know, they're implementing the, the Green Reads books at the start of January. Yep. yep. Is there any other sport that changes their rules midseason? That's a great point. Yeah, but when are you going to change it? At, I mean, the, at, the, at the end of the Tour Championship. After the Tour Championship is when rule changes should go into place. Yeah, but, I, I, but I, the I rules of golf aren't just for the PGA Tour. This one is. The Green Dream Book is. The Green Dream Book is, I yeah. guess you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Why does, I, I what, think after the Tour Championship will be the perfect time. It's in between seasons. What? So, what? Uh, could you imagine the NBA playing like 30 games and being like, oh, no, we don't like the James Harden foul They did rule. that Let's with just, the basketball on, that one year. You, you know what else is weird, though? Golf is probably the, it has to be, the only major sport that takes a longer break mid-season than they do off-season. Because tour championship to the next PGA event, there's only one off week in between, and yet from RSM, is there another PGA Tour event between now and Kapalua? Not an official one, no. I don't think. I yeah. think it's just Hero and um, like the, the QBE shootout, all that stuff. So that's another but weird thing also- about golf. They take a longer break in-season than they take in yeah, between there's, seasons. there's big tournaments in between there. There are. There like are. Like the Hero, Cup. then there's some on the... European tour that they have yeah, in true. December and stuff. So, but. but anyway, it's a good point. It's a good observation. Yeah, it is. That's it's a good weird. observation. Changing rules midseason. But uh, anyway, so a big story yesterday, obviously, was Rory McIlroy going full Hulk. And we will talk <laughs> about Rory McIlroy going Hulk mode on his shirt. But first, let's pull up Carl, Colin Morikawa's first 60 events as a pro, shall we? 
Two major wins in his first 60 events. Six overall wins, that's one in 10. Four second place finishes. 24 top 10s, that's 40% top 10s. Only five missed cuts in his first 60 events. $18.5 million earned. First player to two majors in eight starts since Bobby Jones. First American now to win the race to Dubai with his win yesterday at the DP World Championship. 3-0-1 at the Ryder Cup. Colin Morikawa is unbelievable in what he's accomplished in such a short span of time on the PGA Tour. As a professional golfer, not just on the PGA Tour, as a professional golfer, because this was European Tours Championship that he won. Yeah, well, I mean, Colin Morikawa, in my mind, has gone from the hot young star to just an absolute superstar. Yeah. Faster than anybody I've seen other than Tiger. Y'all saw his world ranking this year, right? Or this week? I did not. He's up to number two. Is he really? Colin Morikawa is the second-ranked player in the world, and it's fitting. He's in between John Rahm and Dustin Johnson, and over the last two years, he probably hasn't been quite as good as John Rahm. He's been a little better than Dustin Johnson. He's right where he should be. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and I want to get to Rory. Okay, so Rory obviously finishes tied for sixth at 12-under, shot two over uh, on 74, Sunday. by the yeah. way. Yeah. And, you know... What we've seen from Rory lately is he's playing some really good golf, but getting nothing, having nothing to show for it. And I think that this is just all leading up to just an explosion from Rory McIlroy in 2022. You think? I mean, we saw him, you know, he exploded devastated, at, devastated the at the Ryder Cup, exploded yesterday. We'll get to that after the round. But I think that Rory McIlroy could win two majors this year in 2022. I was a little shocked that he shot 74 yesterday. I mean, that, that tournament was definitely still up for grabs. Well, I mean, but he had the worst break of all time when it hit the flagstick on the wedge shot, goes into the bunker, and that and I don't think that he handled that very well. You know, and, and it kind of cost him, the, him, how he handled that and how he reacted to the bad break of it going off the flagstick kind of cost him the golf tournament. Okay, and I know that that was late, and we make more of things that happen late in tournaments, but I don't know who all was watching Friday. I, I was up early Friday, so I turned it on. The 17th hole is a par three with kind of like a big island green, like there's rough and bunkers and everything around it. Right. And he pulls his tee shot there, lands in the left rough, crosses the yellow line. It's going in the water. He's going to have to re-tee because it's a yellow line. What a lucky break. I don't that think was. there's a draw. Did you see it? Mm -hmm. So it's going in the water, 100%. Mm -hmm. Hops off the grass, hits the rock, but there's like the rock, there's like a, a ridge on the rock, and it hits the ridge on the rock kicks back toward the grass a little bit. It ends up settling on the rock. He plays it from the rock. He's able to play a great <laughs> shot from there up onto the fringe, and then he chips it up to four inches and taps it in. So he makes an easy bogey. He'd have been hitting three from 170 yards out. I mean, he makes double or triple there. I, I'm just saying, I know we make more of what happens late in golf tournaments, but that really bad break off the flag stick... Yeah probably offset with the really good break he got on Friday. Fair enough, but you have to agree that he's playing way better golf than he was early last year. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I think Rory's going to win a bunch next year. I want to get a little bit more into that. I had some more Kawa stats pulled up here. I want y'all to take a guess on this. Since the 2020, or I'm sorry, the U.S. Open that was at Wingfoot, the one that Bryson won, how many of the tournaments since more Kawa then, so that's over a year and a half, or, or a little over a year of tournaments, how many tournaments did he lose strokes approach to green? Colin? Yeah. Zero. I'll, I'll say one. I, I think he had one bad week. Three. Three. Out of 20-something. Okay. And the three that he had, Lois, .45 minus, which is, that was in Dubai and the Omega Dubai Classic. So, I mean, point, he's not, that's not even less than half of a stroke. Next lowest, .28, that was at the Olympics. 
The only other time he lost strokes, 0.04 strokes. Wow. Wow. Here, here's some of the amount he's gained in tournaments. 0. 0.95, 0. 0.37, 0. 0.52, 0. 0.97, 1.4, 1.9, 2.1, 2.0. This is all just approach. Wow. 1.99, 1.95, 2.63, 2.06, 2.07. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, he's the best iron player since Tiger, and Eddie Pepperell, who was on the European tour for a long time, made this point yesterday on Twitter. He said, I think what's so much fun about how Colin Morikawa is doing it is he has mastered what is the most skillful element of the game. And I think people would argue what's the most skillful element of the game. Eddie Pepperell says it's, it's iron play. I would probably say it's iron play. I think that that's the most it's skillful the most, element of the it's game. It's the most important element of the game, that's yes. for sure. And, it's and the it's area also, that you can gain the most strokes on. But yeah. but it's also, when you look over the, the course of golf history, it's the most skillful. I mean, the guys who are elite and dominate with their irons, these are the best players that the game has ever seen. And Colin Morikawa is young. He's got a lot of career left. But he's on a track to just keep doing this. I mean, this isn't relying on distance. This isn't Spieth making 25-footers. This is a guy who, for the next 20 years, could just go out and gain 1.5 strokes of approach per round for 20 years and just dominate. And don't let his, you know, kind of laid-back attitude fool you. He has that mentality that when he's winning, he wants to step on your throat. He's a killer. He is. And, yeah. and not only does he is he the best iron player in the world by far, you know, he has that mentality to just be dominant, not just a winner, to be dominant. And that's and, and why and I think putting, he's going to win infinity more tournaments. And his putting's better. He's not a great putter. Right. He doesn't need to be a great putter. Yeah, but he doesn't. His, his mentality, like we saw it in the, uh, in the British Open, I mean, he's not a great putter, but once he was put in that situation under the gun, pressure, all the pressure in the world on him, I mean, he delivers, uh, even though he's not a good putter. And can you imagine being the guy trying to chase down Morikawa and every hole he's got a, a 15 or 20 footer for birdie. I mean, and you're and you're trying to chase this guy down. It just puts so much pressure on you to hit it so close to make all your putts. I mean, if you're trying to chase Morikawa down and you miss a 12 footer, it's 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 a killer. And 12 footers are low percentage putts even for the pros. You yep. miss one of those trying to chase down Morikawa, it's an absolute killer. Uh You know who had Morikawa on their list for the purse draft? No, I don't. Is that you? That was me. Very nice. Very well, nice. Uh, too bad the DP World Tour Championship don't give any points. <laughs> Sorry about, Sorry about too, too bad we uh, lost uh, the. Uh, too bad we lost the paper. Also, here we go. I'm going to list off some of the events that Morikawa did well in, and I'll list off his strokes gained putting. So he won this last week, DP World Tour, gained point six three putting, pretty good. It's pretty good. Finished fourth at the Olympic tournament. One of the tournaments where he actually lost strokes, gained point nine one putting. Very nice. Yep. Um, we do not have stats for the Open Championship because it's across the pond. Uh, when he lost in the playoff to um, Cantlay, when Rom should have won. He gained 1.42. Yep. When he won at the workday at um, concession, he gained 1.06. And and then the other times this year, but he finished seventh, he gained strokes there too. Here's some of the tournaments where he didn't play very well. Tour Championship finished 26, lost 0.84. BMW the week before lost 1.11. Northern Trust the week before lost 1.04. Uh, the Scottish Open the week before the Open Championship where he won, he lost 1.82. So it's just, if he puts good, he's going to win. I mean, or at least worst finish, top five. Hey, by the way, as you're as you're talking over here, T Dub Colby is looking through his well organized <laughs> filing cabinet of papers. I have a system, guys. <laughs> Which is just this a is, bunch of random notes from all our ever seen. from all our shows, <laughs> and all his notes are just scattered around the room. 
Like not even it was it was right in front of me. <laughs> it was right it was under the soundboard. Oh it was under God. the soundboard. I just turned this room upside down. And by the way, this room is just a collection of loose papers. <laughs> and I tur- I just turned over about 40 of them. It was under the soundboard right in front of me. Uh yeah, Sam, you took more call with your first pick. Yeah. So he he was in there early and then yes, you took uh Gooch who went after uh, Joaquin Neiman was before him. Kevin Na was before him. Sam took Patrick Reed before wow, him. Wow! Wow! I mean, that's, Sam, whoo, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I can't wrong. remember. I, I picked Neiman. I don't mind Neiman over TG. Neiman's a great player. Um, so I'm trying to remember because you had the first pick, Taylor, because you took Rom. So we're going this way, this way. I'm trying to remember if he was 30th or 28th, and I believe he was the 30th pick. Why are y'all trying to talk smack on me? I'm the one that picked him. I, I'm, I'm saying, just saying it's a good it, pick. It, it's a good pick, but it, like, don't brag about it like you were Nostradamus over there. No, like, okay, it's a good pick. pick. So if you draft Cooper Cup in the eighth round of fantasy, are you not a pretty good genius? I think so. I'll, I'll say this. The guy that I took right before him won last week. I took Kokrak right before Who him. did I take Kokrak's right won before three him. times in 27 did, did Kevin starts. All, has Kevin all won this uh, year? You took Wolf. You took Wolf. Okay, and he's played well, too. No, but, but Kevin Knott finished third on the FedEx Cup me, rankings let last the, week. Let me see the list here. Kevin Knott finished third on the FedEx Cup rankings last year. Let me see here. By the way, at what point are we going to talk about the fragile material with which Nike makes its golf shirts? <laughs> I mean, that was... That's why they're so soft. Um, we, I heard, had, we had a world, world wardrobe malfunction. I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday calling it hashtag Nipplegate with Rory <laughs> yeah. McIlroy. Uh, Rory, apparently, what I'm assuming is that he got inside, he was by himself, and then he just grabbed either side of the buttons oh, on his it. golf shirt and just pulled as hard as he could to let out some frustration, and that right side just came undone. <laughs> I and now that. Rory's half-dressed, standing in the window <laughs> on his phone. I love that someone just took a picture of that so the whole oh, world yes. could see it. I, so I used great. to have a buddy. I want a video of him ripping his shirt. That would be even better. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I, it's probably not very hard to rip. I mean, he has those tight little Nike shirts, but... You know, I, I used to have a buddy who, I don't think he'd get upset if I told this story. Or, you know, Nick Heinen, who's the caddy for Matt Wolf back in high school, he used to be notorious for when he got upset. He, instead of breaking clubs, he would just rip his golf glove in like a million pieces. <laughs> that is, honestly, that's actually smart. I was going to say, that's such a smarter way to get upset than breaking your driver shaft, which costs $400. Break the $25 glove. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, could you imagine, like, breaking out a new glove, like, just fresh, like, leather, and then just making it doubled and just ripping it apart? What's the most creative way y'all have ever broken a club? Mine was on the, the you know, the, the two poles that run on the front of the golf cart? I, I slammed one into that one time. You uh, did it twice. In the same time, in the same day. No, it, it broke, the club had broken originally whenever I just tossed it on the ground, and then I picked up what was left of the shaft and wrapped it around the pole of the golf I cart. Mean, shout and out Vic. Yeah, and then it got stuck in my wrist. Uh, and then one of Tyler Gooch's good friends, who's a, a friend of mine, stitched me up. So, uh, unfortunately, it's quite the day. unfortunately, I'm not very proud of it, but I've broken too many to count. And, I mean, I've, I've broken them in every sort of way. Probably the funniest was I used to have this, like, spaceship-looking putter, and I probably, you know, 17 putted on some hole <laughs> and and just, and just let this – let this thing eat. I thought I was going to stick it in the ground, but the, I guess the ground was too hard. And this, oh, thing, no. this putter head went up like 25 feet in the air. <laughs> You're lucky to come up smoky in the mouth. Oh, I know. Would have shattered all your teeth out of your head. At that Tyler, point, most, I wouldn't have cared. Most creative way you broke a club. 
you know, most of the time you're so mad that you don't really think about it. And sometimes you just look, you like slam the club, then you pull it out of the bag and, it, you know, it's broke or whatever. One funny story, one time I remember I was playing and I teed off on a par three and it hit a six iron. I hit it really bad. And I slammed the six iron against the golf cart or the yep. bag or something. I didn't hit it the rest of the day. I got to hit balls the next day and I pull out my six iron and hit it. I'm like, man, this thing looks weird. What in the world is going on? It was literally shaped like a crescent moon, just perfect, <laughs> perfectly straight. You know, and the, the key is just to never hit the bag. I mean, I've seen guys in college tournaments break their phone because it was in their bag oh. and they hit their bag. See, hitting uh, the bag is the worst way to break a club because yeah. that can do so much more oh, damage. Other clubs or whatever is in your bag. You know, we're talking about this, and, and I love this story uh, from a golf legend, you know, in the state who should go unnamed. But his his punishment to his child when he would uh, break a club was to uh, if you break the club you get hit with the other end of the club you get spanked with the other end of the club oh. however many times is the club like so you oh, get so spanked you break seven a nine times iron, you get nine times yes okay so you break a sixty degree do you get sixty sixty yes oh my god what about driver <laughs> just one I don't yeah, know how the many rules. You, how many do you get for driver and putter that would be sure. my question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I, there's I, only one way to find out, Colby. When once we get off the air, I want to ask who you're talking about. I think I have a pretty good guess. Um, I remember Taylor one time whenever I was caddying for you. Taylor had the most beautiful five iron you've ever seen. The most beautiful five iron, staring at the flag. I mean, it needed to carry another yard. Plugs in the face of a bunker in a tournament, and it was the most casual. He took it, put it over his knee, handed me both pieces, went over and got a drink of water. <laughs> Never said anything. There was no raging. There was nothing. It was, it was incredible. It was awesome. It was, it was seriously the best broken club ever. Just handed me two pieces. I put them in the bag. He went and got a drink of water. We sometimes, just played sometimes the rest you of the just round. Gotta break. Sometimes you just gotta rage a little bit. It was the club's fault. Bottom line, there was a time <laughs> I was like twelve or thirteen, and I did not have a four iron, a five iron, or a six iron in my bag. I went from three iron to seven iron oh for my like God. two months. Now that's a gap. So what were you? Were you just having to punch your three iron like one eighty? It was yeah. You hood the seven iron, hit a big old hook, or you hit a little punch three irons. That's all I had. It's all I mean, shot. You learn how to hit all the shots that way. Yep. You well, learn I, how to hit I all sent the them shots. off to Nike because you know their crappy shafts kept breaking when I was swinging, yep. and you know they had to fix them because it was their fault. Obviously. All right. To, to yeah. any kids listening, like Sam said, we're never proud of our club breaking no. stories. Like you never break a club and feel good about it. Trust it. It's not worth it. No, it's never it's worth, worth it. it, especially once you get into college and you got to tell your coach, hey, uh, you know, I need uh, to talk to Ping. I broke my driver. Yeah, that's about as much fun as whenever you one of your clubs that you break goes into your arm and oh. you have to tell your wife that you have to go get stitches <laughs> from an accident that you took on the golf course. How about what when uh, Bob Gellerman was on with us? He said when he played in the Kansas Open, oh, yeah. he punched the GPS oh, yeah. Yeah. screen and he tried to call Hibble and someone already called him. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know another that's, great that, that another great like thing to thing hit another great thing to hit is just the uh, the coolers. I've seen I've I've hit many coolers in my life. Yeah, the well, coolers that's, are that's, usually around the wood. So you punch uh, the wood, like the the casing, no, like in the golf cart. The, the golf cart. Oh, coolers. the golf cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, the ones okay. on the the ones on the side. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking tournament because I've I, seen guys break tee markers. I've seen that too. Yeah. Have y'all ever seen everyone anyone break a flag? No, no. but I've seen it I almost. Even. I've seen I've seen guys hit flags. I've never hit the flag. No, I've never hit the flag. I've hit the flag with golf ball in the air, but never with a club. The key is. If you're going to rage, damage your own stuff. Don't damage the course. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I saw a guy one time, I kid you not, he was so mad he took his putter and, like you said, tried to slam it in the ground. Yeah. But he did it on the green. 
No, not on the green. Yeah, and it, and it was a blade. Like, it wasn't a crazy amount of damage. But everybody else in the group was like, hey, man, hey. Like, seriously, <laughs> control yourself. Like, don't don't tear up the course. Yeah, 100%. Even, even you remember whenever Hendrick Stinson threw a temper tantrum on 18 at Augusta and just, like, went to town on the grass at Augusta? Yeah. And all the guys on the broadcast were like, oh, this is so pathetic. And it yeah. kind of was. Yeah. You don't treat Augusta that way. By the way, is no, Rory, yeah, like... No, this Augusta was terrible. <laughs> yeah, when does that ever happen? Right. Is Rory, like, you know, in the, in the, at least in the discussion of, like, top ragers of all time? Did throw the iron into uh, oh, the pond at Doral. Oh, that was so pure. The, the iron throw into the pond at Doral was great. Uh, that one, the tearing of the shirt. He's got another couple that I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Sergio's up there. Sergio, uh, Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah, and Peters, one of the all-time club breaks. Just break it over your knee and throw, yeah, it, in yeah. the, throw it in the yeah. horse bush. I'm trying to think. You mentioned Stinson earlier. That wasn't the only time he messed. Yeah, Stin- Stinson's a good one. Hatton is Hatton's pretty far up there. But Hatton, I, I feel like he just more or less bitches at himself a lot. He, he does. makes fun of himself a lot. He does. Did y'all see the one last week? Oh, so funny. Here's another new one from Tyrrell Hatton. What did he say he, again? He, he hit it, and he he let go of the club, and he's like, that is so pathetic. I almost missed that ball. I'm, I I should I deserve to miss that ball. Plug. Plug in the bunker. <laughs> he was like yelling at it to plug. He was like, I don't deserve a good lie. Plug in the bunker. Uh, what else? Do we, do we want to hit on Kepka today or tomorrow? We can hit on Kepka right now. Kepka switching to Strixon. Save three strokes. Yeah. Changing and driver, wedges, and ball. It was expected. I mean, he's been fiddling around with the driver and the ball and already played the irons. So, I mean, I feel like this is a, you know, pretty expected change because he was one of the only guys without a, you know, club contract. Yeah. Now, I'll say that we see this all at the start of the year, which is another reason that I brought up the, uh, you know, midseason because a lot of these people are going to change uh, sponsors at the start of the year. So, people are going to be changing all their clubs midseason. Kepka's not going to be the only one that joins someone or changes. And I don't think it's a, uh, you know, mistake that they did this a week before his little match with Bryson. Oh, yeah. Play it up. Play it up. The publicity, all that good stuff. What's that, Friday, 3 o'clock our time, I mm-hmm. believe? Yep. Yeah. We might be uh, live streaming that. They're playing 12 holes. Yep. 12 are holes. they doing match play or stroke play? Got to be know. match play. I'm Gotta not be. sure. Got to be match play. Where are they playing? Do we have any idea? No clue. I haven't looked into the Is details that the yet. Win? No, I, I was going to look into the details later in the week. Yeah. I just know it's 3 o'clock our time on Friday, Bryson versus Brooks. I'll take Bryson. I'll take Brooks. I'll take Bryson. You can have the field. Okay, Brooks. <laughs> Is there a way that they either both tie or both lose? Because that's what I want to happen. That's what you both... Uh, y- y- y'all got each one. I'm written against both of them. I don't, surely they can't end in a tie. No, they're not going to tie. Can't end in a tie in the match. It's not soccer. We'll go hit balls off the putting green in the dark. (laughs) Oh, I was right. It is at the win. It is at the win. Very nice. It'll be a fun weekend in Vegas. Yep. Be broadcast on TNT. So we don't have to pay the 20 bucks or whatever like we had to with Tiger. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's been on TNT the last few times. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. has. Uh, but, Phil and Chuck. But that was all during uh, COVID, mostly. Phil, Phil and Chuck are on the broadcast, by the way. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Phil and Chuck? You kidding me? Oh, Phil's going to be great. That's so, so good. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side? We got one of the legends of the game here in the state of Oklahoma waiting for us. Last night was the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony, class of 2021. Danny Edwards, David Edwards, Floyd Farley, Art Proctor, and Scott Verplank. And Art Proctor will join us on the other side. Great stories from Art Proctor, including the day that he played 414 holes and how much money one of his buddies pledged to the charity that he was playing for 
per hole. That's coming up <laughs> on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole. Art Proctor coming up next. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Great event last night, the induction to the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. And one of the inductees is joining us now. Art Proctor is with us. Art, how did you enjoy the dinner, the banquet, everything last night? How was that? Good morning, guys. I don't know. I just woke up. I I think it was uh, probably the outstanding moment of my career. It uh, to be uh, included with all of the legends of golf for the state state of Oklahoma. It, it, it's quite a humbling honor. Art, last night, uh, I think the hit of the night was when you shared the poem at the end of your speech. Um, and for our listeners that weren't able to attend the Golf Oklahoma induction, uh, I, I would love you to share that poem or at least give give the uh, the summary of that poem and what it said and what it meant to you and golf in Oklahoma. Well, <clears throat> it, it said everything. It just summed up what I could never say uh, in front of all the people. But here it is. It's an author unknown from a 1925 friendship card from A.G. Spalding Brothers. And it goes like this. My friends, though, God, though drives go flying far and putts slow show perfect aim or holes be made in par, those do not make the game. The charm of golf depends upon your good pals and true for scores count less than friends, and when the friends are like you, and that said everything that I wanted to say right there. Yeah, I mean that that was absolutely beautiful art. I remember hearing that last night and almost kind of tearing up with how beautiful it was. It was really elegant. And one thing I noticed last night too was that it seemed like everyone who was getting inducted last night had something positive to say about you, Art. And it was like kind of like you were part of everyone else's induction as well. So kind of go about not just everyone who was in getting inducted last night, but all the great people in Oklahoma you've had an influence on. Just what have you done to be able to get such great relationships like that? <laughs> That's a very good question. I, I think I was a good player as they were growing up. So um, I think young people uh, migrate to uh, um, 
good players or good winners or whoever their mentors are are on top of their game, whatever sport or uh, field that they're in. And whenever I said something, uh, um, I guess they liked it. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question and a tough one to answer. Uh, I genu- genuinely liked all the people that I uh, worked with and worked for. Uh, and I and I love golf, so it, it's pretty easy to uh, have a good rapport with them. Yeah, Art. Whenever you look back over the years at how golf has changed, because golf has changed drastically from the the Nicholas era uh, into the Tiger era, and now you know Tiger's still very much on the scene, but now we've got all these young kids with these long bombers and all this technology and stuff. What do you make of all the changes that we've seen in golf uh, over the last fifty years, as we've gotten from the Arnold Palmer Jack Nicholas era to where we are today? Well, let me put it this way. If I were growing up right now as a youngster, <clears throat> there's no way uh, that I could could jump off the ground and hit the ball where these these guys are, are playing. I mean, it, it's un, unbelievable. I mean, these guys, they would have won a long drive contest every year way back when I played. Um, and, and these guys are every day driving far forward holes to, uh, you know, Tom Weisskopf, a, a great player and a designer of golf courses, always had a short, drivable uh, par four. Uh, it was one of his signatures. And and these kids, they hit irons on some of them. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, the technology is, is there. Um, I think I, I, this is just my, my feeling to – uh, I concur with Jack Nicholas. They're going to have to do something with the ball to bring um, bring the distance back down a little bit. Otherwise, they're going to make 2,000 great golf courses obsolete. I mean, you can, you can't just bomb it and 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 uh, play good golf uh, uh, all the time. You you have to. There should be some strategy involved. Um, I'm glad they made the the rule that. They can't have the green reading arrows that technology can tell you how, how much it's going to break and when it's going to break. Uh, you still have to execute, but um, anyway, it, uh, technology has, has certainly uh, set a big precedent in golf. And, and uh, I'm 83, and my, my golf game is going away rapidly. Yeah, but I can still remember when when the guys played really well. I mean, the long drives were like two eighty, and and now they're you know three forty, and and the golf courses just weren't made for that. They fly all the bunkers. Uh, um, you know, the Masters even tried to tiger proof it, and and when you're landlocked and all these great golf courses are landlocked, you can't do much with them. You can change. Uh, um, few tees and, and move some angles, but that's, that's about it. I totally agree, Art. And last night, uh, as I was watching your video and, and the introduction video, they kept mentioning how you played in 20 majors, and I, and I had this question going through my head that I had to ask you today. You know, how did you run a world-class uh, you know, pro shop and, and be able to you know, teach all these kids and, and do all that stuff while maintaining such a great golf game? I mean, how did you have the time to balance all of that? 
Um, <laughs> that's a very good question. I look back when, when we accomplished everything that we accomplished in such a short time, um, I, I guess there was a reason I was there daylight to dark. I mean, it was just a, uh, a whirlwind of activity at, at all the time. I, I, I can't answer how I was such a good player. I think basic fundamentals and uh, uh, competitive spirit and, and, and I was a good chipper and putter. And so, uh, even if you don't quite strike it well, um, every day you can still score. Uh, so I was able to keep it around par when I had the, the bad rounds and therefore in a competitive world, you, uh, uh, you still back in our area, even par won a lot of money on the tour. Uh, even par won't get you, it'll get you cut most of the time now. Right. <laughs> you won't, you won't play on Saturday and Sunday, just shooting even par. But, uh, it's, uh, the game's changed. I'm not too sure I like uh, all of it, but uh, a lot of my people uh, in my era are watching the ladies golf because they can relate to it. And and now some of the ladies are hitting it 300 yards, so it, it's uh, changing for them too. But anyway, uh, life goes on, life changes, cars get better, uh, technology improves in every area. And it's certainly improved in golf. And you know, Art, we've talked a lot about how the games change, obviously, over the years. Um, besides the size of the hole, what is what in, in golf has stayed the same over the course of history, and what will stay to be the same about golf until the time ends? I I, I can't answer that. I <laughs> you know, back in, in when we played the tour, you couldn't. Uh, the hole had to be cut at least six paces off from the edge of any, any green. And now, for crying out loud, there's some areas you put it three feet from the edge of the green. That's one giant step, and and it doesn't phase these guys. And and the, the flop shots and the things that they're able to hit, I never carried more than a 56 sandwich and I didn't use it very much around the greens at all. I, I just, unless I was in a bunker, uh, I didn't use it. Uh, Danny Edwards has got this great video out and, uh, uh he wanted me to help him sell it and, and uh, put my name on it. And I, 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 you know, I'm through, I'm, I'm, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> and, uh, uh, his chipping technique is, uh, you just use two clubs, a wedge or eight iron, and you carry it uh, uh, one third of the way under the green, whatever the green is, and uh, uh, it runs out like a putt. And it, it's a great technique, and it uh, uh, should be used by more people than use it. Let's put it that way. Everybody wants to hit that good looking flop shot that Mickelson hits all the time, and. Uh, it costs people more strokes. The average person cannot do that. And um, he, he just has a tremendous pair of hands and, and an ability that not many people have. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I hope I'm not rambling too much for you. No, you're great. Uh, 
you know, Art, back in uh, back in the 70s and 80s, obviously you were out at Kicking Bird. And um, speaking of changes, they're making some changes out at Kicking Bird. I was curious if you've talked to Brian Sorensen about any of that and what you think about the uh, new changes out at Kicking Bird. Well, yes, I, um, I like the changes. Personally, uh, they're, they're trying to uh, keep up with the times and trying to find 500 or more yards to make it a little longer. Um, and the thing I hope that they keep, the, it has six par threes and it's par 70. And if they make it a 7,000 yards par 70, I hope all the par threes are different yardages. Um, they can't do much with the layout because, of the, once again, they're landlocked. But they can add some length to some tees. They moved uh, the ninth green the way down below the, the hill and made it a par four. And the fourth hole uh, was a originally a par five, and and during Steve Ball's era, they made it a par four, added a, a hole. But they're going to put that green back to their original place and lengthen the tee and make it a par five, which. Uh, it, it will demand a good drive to be able to go for it, too. It'll be easy to reach into if you drive it good. But uh, it's pretty tight down there in the uh, huge gully on the left and trees on the right. And, and not very big, uh, probably 20 yards down there. And if, if everybody's getting a driver into south wind into 20 yards, uh, uh, good luck. <laughs> exactly right and i tell you what i think we're all excited for kicking bird and even john conrad opened some of the best public courses not even just in the state but in the country in my opinion so i know everyone in the state's really excited for that and speaking of um kicking bird art let's t- take us back to the day in 1984 and I-, I want our listeners to know i am not miss saying when i say this 414 holes in one day from 5.46 a.m. to 8.51 p.m. that night. You played 23 rounds of golf. Just take us through it. How in the world is that even possible? <laughs> well, it, I, every year I did something for the National uh, uh, Golf Day, which is a, a PGA raising uh, money for the for golf. And uh, this year I, I had a brain idea i'd go out and try to play 150 200 holes and uh, uh have people pledge money and i put up uh, uh all a pair of shoes for uh whoever could guess the, the number of strokes and uh, you know how how many holes i would play and and uh, they pledged money so much per hole that i would play and this one person a good friend of mine pledged uh, hundred dollars and and they came out at like 10 o'clock to see how i was doing I, i'd already played 200 holes <laughs> <laughs> oh art that's so good is that so i mean did you play pretty much sun up to sundown were there other people on the course letting you play through did you have the course roped off to yourself how did this happen oh, yeah you know, that was a funny story yeah i told all my assistants that I would, uh, you know, to inform the people that bought the green fee that I would be coming through, that I'd be gone in 30 seconds, not to worry about him. Uh, but, but please be aware that I was out there and I was going to play through and, and I wasn't going to holler for, I mean, I was just going to hit and go. If they're in the middle of a fairway walking to their ball, I just hit it over them and went on. I hit my second shot before they got to their fee shot and things like that. But, yeah, it's one. It's a really funny story. There's a good-looking guy with his uh, date playing, just two of them, 
and I show up on the third tee, and he has, he turned around and looked at me. He's getting ready to hit, and his girlfriend didn't play. He was just showing off. He, you know, big, tall guy, good looking, and and built like I'd like to be, and uh, you know, he's fiddling around there and showing off and looking at me like, what am I doing? And blah blah blah. He finally hit it. And I put a peg in the ground and hit it before he got in the cart. And I took off. And, boy, was he mad. <laughs> and then I caught him again on about seven and went right on through. He was in between holes or something. And when he was mad again, and I'm sure he said some things, but I was, I was gone. And the cart we had was a dune buggy. And Mike McGraw was driving, and he just kept going, and that was fine. And uh, he went to the clubhouse at nine, and, and he was really upset and talked to my assistants, and they told him what was going on. I went through him again on about 12 or 13, and he's clapping. So I <laughs> went the whole gamut. I went through one, uh, one group of the five uh, senior scholars, uh, teachers at uh, then Central State, um, UCO now, but uh, – uh, I went through them seven times. <laughs> <laughs> so, Art, is it true? So, let me make sure I got this right. You shot six under, uh, but even more impressive, you only had two three putts and only two doubles and no no scores worse than double. Is that correct? No, not quite. I had one four putt in there. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay. So, <laughs> but you shot six hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. for all four hundred fourteen holes. I have a couple of questions that I haven't ever, you know, heard answered from this story. Did you ever eat, number one? And number two, like I, I think I've heard Mike McGraw tell the story about, you know, having to stop the cart and refill it with uh with gas and so tell that story as well. Yeah, we uh we go right by the uh, uh, maintenance shop, so uh, he said, I've got to go over here and, and fill up the gas. I said, well, just put it half full because I'm not going to play all day, you know, but I did. <laughs> but but anyway. Uh, but, the, um, but did you eat, Art? Did anyone bring you some food? No, I, I actually was going to uh, – I, I don't know why, but I just played all day. And I drank, uh, I started to drink a Mountain Dew. I don't even like Mountain Dew, okay? (laughs) But just for energy. And and I I remember taking a swallow and just swallowing it up. I mean, it was just (laughs) terrible. It was hot that day, you know, July 5th. And uh, uh, I did not ever eat. And I uh, started tramping up. when we got through after dark and, and somebody was giving an interview and I said, I've got to get up and move guys. And, and I got home and, and both legs had cramps that went from my ankle to my rear end up and down and up and down and up and down. And I was in a jacuzzi and I could not get out and I hurt my, I can't tell you how bad it was. And my legs were different for two weeks. I mean, it was just, and a guy uh, called me from Kansas and wanted to know he he was going to do something. He said, what did I do to train? <laughs> and I said, nothing, but I wish I had. <laughs> but uh, 
it was for a worthy cause. There's, there's one other thing I don't know that people know. I played one nine holes in 16 minutes. I hold two. <laughs> yeah, I hold. I hold two shots from the fairway, which makes it go rather quick. And I think I. <laughs> I think I shot 32 that nine or something. and, and uh, Was it the front know, or back nine, Art? It was the front nine. Uh, it was, uh, I hold it on number four, the par five for an eagle, and uh, I hold it on number uh, uh, seven for uh, uh, an eagle. Uh, yeah, an eagle. Hold it for a two. But I, I kind of prepared the golf course a little bit. I had the. Uh, I didn't play the back tees, played the middle tees, and uh, I had the green superintendent put the, the the cups in easy places. They weren't they weren't on ledges or the back of the holes or behind traps or anything like that. I had them, so I kind of cheated a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that, Art. And you know, you mentioned how sore you were afterwards because I was going to ask you did. Did you play the next day? Did you, like, go 414 no. holes? And no. then next time you play, no. were you just like, oh, I, I just played an easy 72 holes today. Nothing special. <laughs> so, like, just, did 18 holes of golf just seem like one hole now because you had gone through such a, a marathon of holes? I don't even remember the next time I played. <laughs> it, it was several weeks uh, or several days at least before I hit golf ball. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about uh, – uh, yeah, that year I won everything in the fall because my golf game was, it just fell into a groove. Uh, there's one funny story that the kids that were on the back that would hand me a club, uh, uh, whatever I'd asked for, uh, and, and they changed, they rotated, different kids got on them. And about two o'clock in the afternoon, I can't tell you his name, but he got on the cart and, and uh, at the end of nine, and can I, you know, get a wedge on and went on and get a, go to 11T? What club? I said, I don't know yet. And he said, why not? You've been here all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember him saying that. And I thought it was funny, but hey, um, I hit from a four iron to a seven iron on number 11 all day. So it's a big club change when you play in the morning versus afternoon versus evening when you're tired and. I mean, it, it, things change, conditions change. That's what people don't understand a lot. Of, uh, they watch it on TV, but they really don't know the, the people that get the bad tea times. It's bad on, on Wednesday morning and, and great Wednesday afternoon and great we- Thursday morning. And, and, and then, and of course, I got Thursday and Friday is what I meant to say. And then Friday afternoon, it turns bad. So the guy that played early in the morning on Thursday and then Friday afternoon, he got the worst of, of the weather, and and that makes a big difference. Uh, they hit different shots, different clubs, putting is different. Uh, the game changes. So uh, you you play two or three weeks and you get the bad end of the weather, uh, and you know it's kind of it's a little difficult to win. People don't know the traveling and different conditions, different tea times, and then you get paired to somebody you don't like and uh, somebody, uh, some club pro that qualifies, you, you, you feel like you got stepped on because you have to get played with a club pro that qualified on a Monday. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot, lots of golf that people don't know that watch golf a lot and that, that does take place out there. 
Yeah, no doubt. And um, Art, my last question will be about the Oklahoma Open. And I think one of the things you're probably most proud of is how you rejuvenated uh, the Oklahoma Open and got the tour guys to come play. And you told uh, another great story last night about that that I'm sure our listeners would love to hear uh, about how you kind of got that job of kind of rejuvenating the Oklahoma Open and getting the daily Oklahoma behind it, if you don't mind sharing that. Well, I I played the uh, I I always supported number one club pros like to play uh, and it was in the fall of the year when golf was winding down and everybody at club pros played but none of the touring plays would pros would play because a they play for a lot more money on the tour and and some of them still have to protect their position and and you know stay on the money list so they've got to go play uh, on the tour and that's understandable uh, but most of them had already solidified their card for next year. Their position was safe and blah, blah. And, but they still wouldn't play because it was six hours to play golf. So we're playing at Twin Hills, and, and uh, I, I don't know how I finished. Or I probably didn't make the cut. Or Anyway, it took six hours, and I uh, kind of exploded. I, I was against slow play for a long time, and it killed golf. So, uh, I made my feelings, uh, heard to the golf people, uh, that ran the open and nothing was said. So the next year we go to Indian Springs in Tulsa and I guess they felt, uh, obligated or something. They gave me a feature tea time with. David Edwards and Lindy Miller, uh, two best players at Oklahoma State at the time, and they were seniors and getting ready to turn pro. Anyway, I birdie the first two holes. We get on three tee. I'll never forget it. There's par five. I think I'm going to make another birdie on par five, and I'm going to be three under unless these guys try and catch me. You know, blah, blah. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Six groups on the on – the, Number three, four on the tee and one on the fairway and one on the green. And I just exploded. <laughs> or do you remember what you made on that hole? <laughs> no, I don't, re- I don't remember finishing the golf tournament. Uh, af- after that, they gave it to me and uh, said, good luck. I got no help from them at, at all. No publicity or anything. And uh, the, the rest is history that I got the golf pros to play and and uh, the daily Oklahoma and uh, help the publicity and uh, of course we had TV at the time uh, was very high on golf and, and uh, it went from being a entry fee six hours to uh, uh, we played in four four and a half hours and, and played for a hundred thousand so I, I felt very proud about that. Well, Art, you are the man. We appreciate you taking some time for us today. We wish you nothing but the best. Everything you've done for the game of golf in the state of Oklahoma, very deserving of that induction last night into the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. Art, thanks for your time. Yep. Thank you. Hey, have a good one, and enjoyed the conversation, even though it was all mine. <laughs> your questions are good, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Bye-bye. Art. We appreciate hey, it. Congratulations. Yep, have Bye-bye. a happy Thanksgiving, you and your family. Uh, thank you.
That was the legendary Art Proctor joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. What a great night last night, the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. Class of 2021, Danny Edwards, David Edwards, Floyd Farley, Art Proctor, and Scott Verplank. Absolute legends of the game here in the state of Oklahoma, and we appreciate Art Proctor giving us his time today. What a day it was. TG gets his inaugural win on the PGA Tour. If we can get our schedules to link up, then we're going to have TG on with us tomorrow. Uh, He's a busy guy, obviously. He just won his first PGA Tour event, uh, so we're going to try to link up with him tomorrow if we can. Uh, big shout-out to him on getting that first win, leaping inside the top 35 in the world rankings, and getting everything that comes along with that PGA Tour victory. Tiger's posting videos. Rory's ripping his shirt. The match is this Friday. It's a good time in the game of golf as we head toward the holiday season. That's all for today. Thanks, everybody, once again, for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.